1: Hello, everybody. My name is Stevie Kim, and this is the Italian Wine Club on the Clubhouse. It's hard to believe, but today's call is actually our 24th installment of the Ambassador's Corner series on Clubhouse. As you know, the room will be recorded and will be replayed on the Italian Wine podcast. Everyone knows this is very much of an extension of our Italian Wine Ambassadors and Italian Wine podcast. And for all the listeners out there, thank you so much for supporting us. Last year, we've, I was saying, I, I, didn't realize I was muted. Last year, we've reached 900,000 listens. And that's quite a bit considering that we've started, I believe, 2017. And the entire year we had 23,000 listens. So significant progress, thanks to all of your supporters. And that's not counting Spotify and Himalaya and all of the other channels. So thank you thank you thank you so much 2021 has been very very fruitful for us and it's thanks to all of you out there as well let's hope that 2022 will also be a very interesting year for all of us and th- the promotion of italian wine in general so thank you so much we had a small hiatus so i was saying that this was the this is the 24th episode and today of course we have laura Don- donadoni with Elisa, tomorrow, which is a Thursday, because usually we we had a small break, so we're trying to make that up. And tomorrow, we have Catherine Stratton with Giulia Monteleone at the same time, 6 p.m. Italian time. Then we'll have Giuseppe Locascio with Angela Maculan and Rob Miller with Diego Corradi of Pra, And then Marsha Ham with Lorenzo Marotti, Stefan Metzner-Clemens Lageder, Julian Farker with Amanda Courtney. So it goes on and on, and I believe we're booked all the way to March 24th, thanks to, of course, our clubhouse manager, Leica and, of course, also our producer. So thank you very much, Joy. So let's just bring on Laura. Ciao, Laura.
0: Ciao. Ciao, Stevie. Thank you, everybody, for being here and listening to this successful podcast. Congratulations on the numbers you just said.
1: I know. It's, it's so exciting. You know, COVID, I know, was very challenging uh, for everyone. But some. I think it actually gave us, it stimulated us and it encouraged us to accelerate. Uh, we doubled down on the digital platforms. And of course, one of those was the Italian Wine podcast and Clubhouse. This we, So we have this series now since like, I guess, about six months ago. And we're very excited about that. So let me, for those of you, I know most of you know who Laura Donadoni is, but let me just give you a small presentation and then I'm just going to like her take over take the floor so Laura Donadoni I've met her because she participated in of course one of our vinula international Academy courses and she became the Italian wine ambassador I, and that was in California I can't remember what yeah. year was that that was Laura? Uh,
0: 2016 in San Francisco. Yeah, one, oh my of, goodness! Yeah, that's... one of the first courses in uh, in California, actually. Yeah.
1: So of course you guys all know Laura Donadoni because she is the Italian wine girl. Very successful um, Instagram and of course personality, and she's she's become an author as well recently. Her book is called Come il vino ti cambia la vita. Is that yeah, correct? Th-
0: that's the first book, and it has been translated in English, and it will be released in a couple of months in the U.S. So
1: oh, that's yeah. exciting! Congratulations to you, Laura. Thank you, thank you. So she, of course, is a very very busy lady. So we're. Very very thankful to have her as her host today. And tell us why you've chosen Elisa Di Lavanzo as your favorite producer to be interviewed uh, today.
0: Yeah, Elisa is actually one of the stories I tell in the book we just mentioned. And before meeting her, I met her wines actually. She focused on Moscato Giallo. And this is what we are talking about in this episode of the podcast this variety, which to me has been like uh, under underestimated for many years in Italy, but also abroad. And uh, what caught my attention in Elisa's story was this fighting she she had with the prejudice uh, around Moscato being a feminine variety that gives only dessert wines, very sweet wines, passito wines. And Elisa proved that Moscato giallo can be a very versatile variety and can produce one of the best metodo classico in Italy, which uh, was awarded uh, as best champenoise method. So champagne-like wine in the world uh, a couple of years ago. So she achieved uh, the very uh, excellent point of this uh, wine production with the Moscato Giallo. So she's a fighter. And the story is uh, amazing because she comes from another field. She, she's not a winemaker from birth, let's say. She has to learn how to, to do wine, and she chose the wine field to express herself. So it's a very inspiring story. That's why I chose to, to bring her to, tonight, and I thank her for being here with us.
1: Yeah, I think you you both also have something in common, right? You both worked for in news channels, right? You were both Yeah, she, I, I, she was I vaguely um, remember that she did some she had a career as a journalist as well.
0: Yeah, she was in the showbiz, but I I think she can tell herself she's here with us, but she was in the showbiz till 10 years ago, no, maybe 15 years ago. So she had have- to pivot her career mm-hmm. from the showbiz to the wine. And it wasn't easy for a woman to build the credibility uh, in a world that, you know, is not very easy for uh, women uh, to to succeed let's say because it's you know ruled by all the traditions as the world of wine in italy so yeah I, I was amazed by her determination and their are uh, willing to you know to put herself out for this variety which is something that reminds her from a childhood and the family tradition but her family is not uh, part of the wine production. It, it, has, it, never been, uh, it has never been a tradition for her family to produce wine. So she started from scratch.
1: Basically. So as you know, we have the tradition because there is an educational, we try to bring some educational value to our, our podcast as well. So we are kind of sets about learning objectives. So what, what are the learning objectives that we should expect from this interview today?
0: I think we will we going to learn how uh, something about Moscato Giallo, which is, uh, as I was, mentioned, I was mentioning before, an underestimated variety. is one of the Moscato family members. We have 17 different kinds of Moscato in Italy registered in the National Registry. And Moscato Giallo is one of them. It's typical from the uh, northern part of Italy, northern east part of Italy. And um, to, tonight we're going to go to Colli e Ugane, so in the Padova province so we're going to learn something about the variety we're going to learn how you can start from scratch building your dream in the wine business even if you don't belong to this world so uh, I think inspiration um, will be a take take out of this uh, night, this story. And we're gonna learn how uh, you can be a pioneer respecting the tradition of your own territory. So this you know, dualism between tradition and innovation, we, we always talk about that in the wine production, but we can learn tonight how Elisa managed to keep uh, an harmonious say, balance between these two souls of the wine production.
1: So, okay, I think, great. So I'm just going to grab a drink and I'm very much looking forward to listening to two inspirational, strong women talk about their um, stories. So take it away, Laura, and I'll you. see you towards the end. And if there's any time, I'll come back on for questions.
0: Okay, thank you so much, Stevie. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. Elisa,
2: ciao. are you with us? Hi, Laura. Hi everybody, I'm here. I'm very excited, Laura. I know, I know. You prepared a lot for this chat with
0: us and I hope you are, you know, in a comfortable situation with a drink, maybe. If you're drinking something, please share what you're drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. I don't know if you would like to uh, tell to the people who are listening and don't know you uh, which was your uh, you know beginning in the world of wine uh, you are from uh, padova
2: yeah padova, uh, actually rubigo yes It's uh, not so far away from padova but anyway is uh, in the southern part of the veneto region as um, and as you mentioned before i got to the wine when i was uh, 23 years old at that time uh, i used to um, work in the Entertainment business, uh, and as a consequence, uh, I used to travel a lot. Uh, that's why uh, it happened very often that I had done. I dined, uh, had dinner in very fabulous restaurants all over the world, so I tested uh, very excellent wine. So I thought uh, I should have uh, uh, deepened my knowledge about wine, uh, and so I I decided to take uh, a wine professional course. Uh, indeed, uh, I took uh, ICE, uh, Italian uh, uh, Sommelier, Sommelier Association, courses, and finally I got the diploma in 2008. In the same year, I also took part of a national wine competition called Charme Sommelier. It was organized by the ICE in partnership with Bisol Winery. And it was then that I met for the first time Gianluca Bisol, who is currently Bisol Winery president. And since that moment, we have always been in touch. And then uh, later, he uh, became uh, my business partner in uh, Imaeli.
0: Yeah, this, but, this story is much more complicated than this. But I uh, invite all the people listening to us to maybe read it in uh, in the book uh, who is coming out, which is coming out in English in a few months. Um, Come il vino ti cambia la vita. We translated that in How Wine Can Change Your Life, and we can say that wine changed your life deeply. Because you chose uh, to come back to your town in order to pursue the wine career after being uh, like for several years uh, in the showbiz and having huge opportunities to succeed in that business. So for you, wine was not a, a plan B. You chose that as a plan A as your uh, life
2: career, right? Yes, Yes, you are right Laura. Uh, as I mentioned before, in 2008 I just had a um, diploma as a sommelier but I didn't have uh, any uh, job really related to wine. So I, even if I would have started um, a, a career in the wine industry, I didn't know, uh, as a matter of fact, where to start from. So I started selling wines because at that time I had a friend of mine who uh, used to work for a wine company and uh, uh, he was always saying saying to me, Elisa, why don't you try to sell the wines? and uh, the occasion came uh, when uh, he once, uh, he had an appointment with uh, the owner of a restaurant but uh, he was a sick and mm-hmm. uh, he asked me to take his place uh, so uh, as I went um, I, I, decide, I I, of course accepted and uh, uh, I went to that appointment uh, and um, uh, I, I, I still remember that day the date because the owner of the restaurant was looking for wines coming from the northern part of italy and uh, um, as i was listening to him i said okay listen you have very beautiful wines but you are missing some uh, particular wines i mean Mm -hmm. the wine come the wines coming from uh, autochthonous grape Okay. And so uh, I suggested him to include also uh, autochthonous grapes. And uh, at the end, I was able to place a very great order as my first time. So <laughs> this was the very beginning of my career as a sales agent because I didn't okay. have any vineyard, any winery. So uh, I had so, to start. Okay, from, so you started out that.
0: like uh, trying to convince uh,
2: restaurateurs or
0: uh, buyers to buy uh, indigenous variety from your region. And why was uh, so were you so passionate about indigenous variety?
2: Because I think they are a kind of a true expression of our territory. You know, the uh, Italy, um, the. It, um, the richness of Italy in terms of wines is also the grape variety that we that we have. Uh, we, have uh, about, uh, we have about we have about 550 autochthonous grapes. So why don't you why don't include uh, um, local wines uh, and autochthonous grapes in a wine list? Uh, this is uh, yeah. really something that makes the difference. That can distinguish Italy from uh, other countries. Yeah, I I totally agree with you.
0: And I want to read to uh, our followers and listeners um, a phrase you said during one interview uh, that we did together before uh, for writing my book. You said, I don't consider myself a pioneer, but rather a champion of Moscato Giallo. I defend it and will always defend it every day with my work. Mine is a love story with a grape that has changed my life and which i hope will surprise those who have yet to discover it or even those who in the past have scoffed at moscato as a lesser wine fior d'arancio and i gave ourselves uh, an, oh, sorry and i gave ourselves an opportunity we grew up together uh, accepting challenges without quitting our dream so uh, when was that you uh, understood that Moscato Giallo was your mission
2: in the wine business? Okay, I want to say first of all that uh, it takes love to love Moscato. I mean, it takes passion to produce uh, Moscato because uh, uh, if I say Moscato, people are always thinking to a sweet wine with big bubbles, not very elegant. The wine that you use to make toast at weddings, at uh, right. birthday parties, at graduations, uh, and etc., cetera, and etc. Cetera. But for, but uh, I, I can guess that uh, sometime, uh, some there are some versions that uh, really make this uh st- st- um stereotyped idea yes, to be bias. true
0: yes.
2: yeah to be true but uh in the Ugandan is every things really change because the yellow muscat from Ugandan Eels uh, is something very very particular you know this is due to the kind of a territory that uh, we have uh, and First of all, we have a volcanic soil. Uh, the, um, the soil is a combination of trachyte, which is the volcanic rock of uh, of Eugenia Nils, and uh, a combination of a trachyte and marl and silt. Uh, you know the name Maeli comes from uh, uh, the combination of uh, two Italian words, marna and e limo, so marl and silt. And uh, so here the yellow muscat uh, has a lot of uh, mineralities, very elegant, uh, and it shows its, uh, show its uh, great potential to refine through the time. So, when you taste the uh, yellow muscat from volcanic hills, uh, from Ugandaese, um, you have a dif- completely different uh, perception of this grape, different from the fixed idea that people have uh, usually toward uh, Moscato. Uh,
0: Yes, so uh, usually is known as a passito style wine, as a dessert wine. Mm-hmm. But you uh, produce Moscato in a very different bar- very different ways, which are the method production method you choose for Moscato Giallo.
2: I I really, as I felt in love with uh, this grape, I decided to enhance uh, the uh, shades uh, of a yellow muscat uh, through five different versions uh, uh, so that we, we have the sparkling sweet, uh, the ancestral method, which is a kind of a pet nut, uh, the still and dry version, the champagne was the traditional method, brut nature, and then the pasito, the racy wine. But at the, at the very beginning of uh, my project uh, to express uh, all the potential of uh, yellow muscat, uh, people thought uh, I was mad. But first of all, because I was. Uh, I was like a foreign uh, in the Ugandanese because, as I mentioned before, I come from uh, Rovigo. Uh, my family was not involved uh, in the in the in the wine industry, uh, and so um, they they thought I was mad because it it, it made no sense for them uh, that I was so passionate uh, for the yellow Muscat. Uh, so, I, um at the beginning I was the the only person who believed in Myself, uh, the only person who trusts myself, but mm-hmm. I, I felt that it, it was uh, right. Uh, I, I was uh, on the right way because uh, then uh, when uh, when I started making the five different versions of Yellow Muscat, uh, uh, these uh, wines, uh, uh, they they were appreciated by many people and distributors. So we were able to export our wines in different countries, so.
0: And also yeah. uh, internationally, uh, the Moscato Giallo Metodo Classico was awarded best champagne-like, best Metodo Classico in the world,
2: right? Yes, and it was a very big surprise, Laura, because uh, uh, probably you remember when I told you at the very beginning, I, um, I didn't have any courage to share the tasting of this wine with other producers mm-hmm. because... Mm-hmm. Uh, when I invited uh, the other producer of the region to taste this wine, <laughs> they, uh, they 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 acted like they didn't uh, they didn't like this wine, so they didn't. Say anything, and so I was not sure about this wine. I said, "My gosh, I am the only person who probably believes
0: it is very good."
2: (laughs) Yes, and I I have to tell you that uh, champenoise by Yellow Muscat 100% uh, is a hard word, uh, hard work because uh, it's an aromatic grape, and you know that uh, um, when you have uh, an aromatic profile, when the grape is an aromatic grape, uh, um. It's yeah. very mm, there the, are it's very difficult
0: yeah. to yeah. Uh, to to maintain to a balance yes between the of course aromaticness and the, you know also the acidity is not easy to achieve with the Moscato Giallo It's not a high acidity grape so you have to do something in the vineyards to retain
2: acidity right Talk all right acidity and also bitterness the, the bitter note uh, that mm-hmm. is always. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, this is the risk uh, with the bitter note. That's why you have to be kind also with the macerations, for example. That's why we prefer um, to make a, um, prefer uh, prefermentative maceration in order to be able to extract uh, to extract uh, with uh, the cold temperature the the aromas,
0: mm-hmm. it, but not the bitter note. But yeah that's correct what you want to, uh,
2: achieve okay yes so yeah.
0: it's uh yeah, and you had to learn everything step by step, because I remember you said from the beginning, you personally planted the vines in the vineyard, like uprooting the old vines that um, that were there uh from a previous owner. Of the vineyard you now uh, own, and then you had to. Uh, you were. You remember. I remember. You told me you were guided by a phone, by a remote phone call, by the viticulturists yeah. and the analogists and to do uh, what they told you by yourself through the uh, video call. So that, that was, yes, that was yes, challenging for you.
2: Yes, it w- it was like this also because at the beginning uh, we 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 had the vine, vineyards but we didn't have any winery so can you imagine oh. uh, yes we had to make the first vintage uh, we we basically we were, we were hosted by another uh, winery uh, we we used for the to. production. Yeah, uh-huh. for the pro- yes, correct. For the production, so it was not easy. Besides, the analogist, as he married an Argentinian woman and he moved to Argentina, he he planned to. Um, to to plant uh, petit verdu and malbec so he wanted to, to take off all the vines of yellow muscat and for sure i didn't agree and i prayed every day uh, the the president the Massimo, who is uh, my ex Yeah,
0: your previous yeah.
2: partner in the business. Yeah, the previous owner. partner yeah. Uh, to, to to leave a yellow muscat because uh, uh, where we have the vineyards that was the right place, the best place to, to, uh, to grow yellow muscat because of uh, the soil. We have uh, loose uh, soil, you know, that uh, mm-hmm. um, yellow muscat is very sensitive uh, to iron, so... He, he, he it, uh, prefers uh, loose uh, soils like, for example, marley, sandy, and so the period white land where we have the vineyards is uh, the perfect place. But yeah. nobody mm-hmm. wanted to listen to me. So it was very. Yeah, because uh, Also, difficult. because
0: at that time uh, it wasn't like fashionable to drink more moscato giallo, it was more profitable to uh, plant red varieties the red international varieties right because we're talking about around yes. 2000
2: which was the year you started everything 2000 uh, i st- i started 2010
0: huh? and ten, at that ten. time
2: okay bordeaux cat red wines uh, were very trendy, but, you know, there is also a tradition in Ugandan Eels uh, with uh, the Bordelese cat red wine, yeah. uh, so that uh, we still had uh, Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Carmenere. Mm-hmm. Um, Today, Carmenere for me is very important because uh, is uh, really representative of Ugandanese. Uh, I would say that uh, the Carmenere first appeared in Italy uh, in the Ugandanese in uh, 1830. So it, it, it's really it's a traditional
0: variety. Even if it's an international variety, it's traditional for your territory. Uh, to be produced uh, there so yeah I understand and now you do produce uh, mainly Moscato Giallo but you also have other varieties planted right
2: Yes, of course, uh, for sure, Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon and Carmen Herb. That's why I make two uh, red wines. One is a Reserva di Place and one is a kind of, I don't want to say entry level because it's not entry level. I don't. I mean, it's not a simple red, red wine, but it's very complex. Uh, uh, we are talking about Rosso Infinito that you know very well, Laura, because yeah. when you came visiting me, you had the uh, rosso infinito with uh, pappardelle with, uh, with the wild boar. boar yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
0: remember the wild boar ragu uh, of that pappardelle was incredible and was very local because uh, you told me that the wild boar uh, was uh, like caught in the, in the vineyard, right?
2: Of course, uh, they destroyed the vineyards, basically. They used to eat uh, all the grapes, and it is incredible because uh, when they attacked the the grape, you can understand that you have to harvest because um, they are um, looking for um, sweetness, and uh, yes, they can uh, understand the the perfect grade of maturation of the grapes yeah they
0: they are enologists wild enologists
2: <laughs> wild <laughs> enologists wild yes. born enologists so, yeah
0: <laughs> yeah exactly anyway uh, going back to moscato giallo you were mentioning that uh, one of the best soil for moscato giallo is a uh, uh, high lime and chalk content soil but this yeah. o- this is also a challenge for moscato giallo because it's success- susceptible to chlorosis and other you know disease right? So I want to is. ask you which are the challenges uh, in terms of disease and management in the vineyard for this variety.
2: You're right Laura, he is he, um, very sensitive uh, to the lack of um, magnesium and iron so it's very important to to make uh, this kind of uh, fertilization with uh, uh, Magnesium and uh, iron, and uh, but anyway, in the uh, we uh, we um... We practice uh, organic viticulture and uh, okay. sustainable practices uh, basically and uh, we turned to uh, we turned to, to biological viticulture um, in 2017 so 2020 is the first uh, um, is the first being that we got the certification yes with a certification okay that and it makes sense uh, to be biological, to be very respectful uh, of nature in the Ugandan Eels, because we are inside a regional park. Uh, it was established in uh, 1989 just to protect uh, uh, the flora and the fauna. You know that uh, Ugandan Eels uh, is a uh, Incredible example of biodiversity. You can find the the 54 percent of the mediterranean flora and fauna in this uh, concentrating in this small land. So it's incredible. Wow,
0: that's incredible. Yeah.
2: And you also have Maeli has a
0: uh, um an hospitality uh, building in the close to the the cellar and the vineyard right so you do also some ao you know, tourismism
2: uh yes uh, yes uh, um, i would say that uh, i, I spend uh, all my whole day in maeli because i turn i switch from vineyards to hospitality as we have uh, only two rooms uh, but for sure um, uh, from the first uh, time uh, we uh, we after the pandemic, we used to um, host people every day, and uh, the house is uh, open seven days uh, a week. We are we we are always ready to uh, make wine tasting and uh, a lot of activities yeah. connected I, to yeah, the wine. I- I witnessed some.
0: I witnessed some. Some of your activities last summer, and you do also cultural events. And I like that you involve them the more, the most, the local producers of uh, cheeses, uh, charcuterie, bread, and even oysters. Last time I was uh, in Maeli, we had a beautiful uh, tasting pairing your Moscato with a local oyster from the Po River.
2: Yes, uh, yes, it was from, uh, uh the regional park uh, of um, uh, Delta del Po. Oh, yes, right, you're right. right, because it's very important to find synergies with uh, local uh, uh, producer uh, of the of my area, and uh, the occasion to to cooperate in uh, to cooperating with them. Uh, came with Maeli uh, Stappa which which was a kind of uh, um, event uh, taking place uh, every week. Uh, in yeah, which
0: Maeli uh, uh, and Quark art.
2: Which yes. Translated like this, yes. But- Thank you, thank you, Laura, for your support. Mm -hmm. And uh, I invited uh, actors, uh, comedians, uh, musicians uh, uh, to perform in front of the winery. And uh, the wine uh, was always the how to say the um, the instrument. from the glass to the territory, to discover the territory and to discover other places.
0: Yeah, I like this concept of uh, seeing the wine as the mean to discover the territory. So it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I think it's something that we have to work on uh, for the future of Italy in terms of uh, tourism and also economics, because it's our richness. Uh, of so course, I, I enjoyed so much your event. And the last question I want to um, discuss with you, and then maybe if we have questions from the listeners, we we can take them. Uh, I wanted to ask you how it has been um, your, you know, per, parkour in the wine business, your, uh, you know, growth in the wine business as a woman if you had uh, like to fight um, more challenges and which are the hardest to fight and which is the you know the the road to succeed for we women in the wine business in your opinion
2: okay it's a good question yes as i mentioned before i had uh, it was very difficult to me at the beginning uh, that people can trust me because uh, i was like a foreign <laughs> but also because uh, i had this idea about yellow muscat which, which was very original i would say and then also because i was a woman uh, and this is uh, uh, the the wine industry is still uh, um, a context uh, uh, where um, the the women have uh, not taken numbers
0: so seriously yeah at the beginning
2: yeah think... yeah yeah so the only way in my opinion is to be practic, practice to um how mm-hmm. to say uh, not only words but uh, you, fact. you should uh, you, you, you want prove yeah. facts okay yes this is the only way but uh, i am sensitive to this um argument i would say and uh, my team is a uh, it is made by five women so mm. <laughs> this is a proof that uh, uh, i really trust uh, in women intelligent in, um, in women uh, how to say um talent and that's why uh, i i decided to be surrounded by women we are mm. strong together okay. yes yeah yeah
0: i i agree with you on this okay i think um we can take some question if uh, anybody wanna in, intervene or um, have doubts curiosities okay um, this is I, so
1: this is thank you so much um if you if anybody has a question please raise your hand and we'll bring you up onto the stage for um eliza or Laura. thank you so much for doing that in the meantime i have a kind of a personal question for um eliza When, when this is, it doesn't really have to do with, um, um, wine necessarily, but when did you know in your career that you wanted to, um, I guess, quote unquote, pivot? Like when, what was the sign? You know, because I think a lot of us have that kind of question in mind, regardless of your age, right? So when did you realize that you wanted to change your career and go into wine? What was the trigger?
2: Um, it happened uh, uh, when, I, when I got the diploma of a sommelier and I started uh, um, uh, it was a kind of feeling i was not satisfied i i had this feeling that i had to follow the way of the wine and uh, so so that's i quite uh, i quit my president's job in television and i decided to dedicate uh, to my life but uh, um it was it, it, it just also because uh, i wanted to come back to nature um and um to to nature to to something where i i feel they were my roots uh, okay and um, in uh, in baone uh, when i was a little girl i used to um to spend time in Baone, which is the town where I have uh, the, the winery and uh, the vineyard. And so this is, uh, was kind of a sign. Uh, as I grew up, I, even if I, uh, I, have di- I had different jobs, uh, I understood that uh, I, should, uh, I should have come back to nature
1: Okay, great, because I think, you know, especially during COVID and we started, a lot of us started with remote working, although our offices um, were actually open mostly, uh, but I know a lot of uh, many um, professionals, even wine professionals. are questioning what they want to do with their lives, you know? So I think, um, it is very interesting that you have uh, made that decision, um, earlier and it could be interesting, uh, for all of us to, um, take But some...
2: also I think that, um, it, it happened that I realized that I wanted to dedicate my life to the wine. When I started working, uh, um, for Maeli and, uh, I was so happy that uh, I used to work uh, eighteen hours a, a day, uh, really. Uh, but uh, I, uh, to say, I, I didn't know. <laughs> I, I, I was so involved, uh, so enthusiastic about uh, uh, all the the what was happening to me that uh, I didn't didn't feel uh, tired. I didn't feel tired. Uh, I wanted to learn more and more about the wine so this was another moment where i realized that uh, this was the right way for me and i had to go ahead with the project
1: okay great well we're we're certainly happy that you've made that decision i'm sorry like i know i cut you off before did you have a question for elisa laura Yes, I actually have a question for Elisa um, because your story is really inspiring. Um, I'm really curious to um, know that when you were starting as a winemaker in the past, um, do you have um, an inspiration, like a a winemaker you inspire to be um,
2: and why? Okay, it's a good question. No at that time I was not, I, I didn't have inspiration because uh, when you decide to go uh, to deepen your knowledge about yellow muscat uh, uh, you know uh, if I have to think about yellow m- muscat in general I have a um, an idea about uh, uh, Moscato dusty, for example, and in the in Moscato Dusty, there is a, a producer I like it very much, uh, um, which is Cadgal, uh, and who makes uh, uh, Moscato aging through the time that was inspiring for me at the beginning because uh, i was uh, uh, i i thought uh, the yellow muscat could uh, had the potential to um, refine through the time but uh, nobody uh, thought the same that's why uh, usually moscato d'asti moscato in general uh, is uh, is drink as a um, young wine but uh, i understood that there was a potential for make it uh, aging
1: Thank you so much. That's really amazing. <laughs> Thank you, so, Elisa. Hey um, I have a, another question for you. You know, of course, you yeah. know I can ask you a hundred questions, but um, during the pandemic, how did you, how did you live pandemic, and what is what are your plans for uh, this year? Because it's this is our year three now of pandemic. Is yes, um, you, as a small winemaker, how has this changed your Life in terms of winemaking, or your strategy, your business strategy as a wine businesswoman.
2: Yeah, I, I have to say that uh, I was very affected. Uh, I was affected uh, since the very beginning because, uh, uh, if you remember, the first uh, person who died for COVID, it was from Voiuganio, uh, which is five minutes away from. Uh, The vineyards and the winery. I
1: didn't realize that.
2: Yes. Yes, so um, I remember uh, we everything was closed also the 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 cellar we had in boygan uh, so we didn't uh, we couldn't bottling any wine we couldn't uh, go uh, go on with uh, our job our work, uh, but I felt uh, that I had to react so uh, it was March the eighth mar of march uh, when uh, we Maeli was the first winery to uh, to make a video tasting. And Is that uh, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Um, how did you do I, that? Did
1: you do it with Zoom? Because you know, prior course, to pandemic, uh, yeah, okay
2: yes because we still have uh, the had the um, e-commerce in the in our um, website but, but i thought uh, how can we share the, the tasting with uh, the wine lovers so uh, i thought that uh, we could uh, share the the, the tasting uh, uh, thanks to zoom or some other platform where we can meet and and so we we started uh, making a video testing. And I still remember there were two... Uh, uh, there was a um, man and woman, they were married, and they um, they asked me for a video testing uh, the day of the anniversary of their wedding. And it was very exciting. It was um, also romantic because uh, we shared together a lot of uh, memories uh, together with uh, all the... Um, or the impressions about the wines, uh, very interesting. And then um, also um, uh, during the summer, I decided that, that the winery, um, the, the I decided to, to uh, the winery uh, like to be a kind of a container of different experiences, then, we were talking uh, with uh, Laura before. I organized uh, so many different events uh, where the tasting was always the, pro- the, the the wine was always the protagonist. But uh, the tasting were so different. I mean, sometimes when you have people and you want to explain the wine, you are always didactic. Uh, you make always didactic. Um, for me, the wine is a uh, full of emotions, uh, and uh, emotions uh, can, can uh, come out, uh, can be carried out by, uh, uh, by music, for example. That's why uh, we uh, for the, old, the last summer, we had uh, the matinee every, taking place uh, every Sunday in the morning, uh, where musicians uh, used to uh, manage a kind of uh, wine tasting, uh, and it was very interesting, because there was this combination between uh, the wine and the music, but I also invited com- invited a comedian, and they they gave us uh, a different point of view of uh, the wine. So wine can be also very funny. And, and,
1: uh, and so how do you how do you see 2022 from all the experiences and then lessons that you've learned from the past couple of years what what are your what is your plan for 2022 the new year
2: i think it's very important to go on with um, hospitality and uh, with uh, the winery to be the kind of container of different experience we had a lot of people coming from all the region to enjoy to join the wines, but also um they came in my opinion to Maeli to join the wine in a different way. And this is very important uh, to involve people uh in the wine, not only from your personal point of view, but uh, to make uh, to to make themselves find that they're Personal key to the wine, the personal link to the wine. Okay, and then wine you. is the kind of storyteller. The wine can bring you uh, through the territories to discover a lot of uh, uh, a lot of things uh, uh, of a culture of a territory, discover everything about a territory. This is uh, what I mean for wine, like, like to be uh, like a storyteller.
1: Okay, that's grand. Laika just pinged me on WhatsApp and said she would like to ask another question. So Laika, take it away because yeah, nobody okay. else, I mean, so, I actually had one person raise their hand, but I couldn't bring them up for some reason. So go ahead. Okay, so yeah, in the context of Moscato Giallo, as you um, you have really championed this grape variety in your winemaking style, um, I'd like to ask, um, what have you learned about the changing consumer taste in wine um, Mm -hmm. for this particular um, grape variety? Um, Are you developing better wines to adapt to this, to the consumer taste, or are you keeping the traditions
2: for this winemaking?
1: Thank you uh
2: thank you laika um well uh i've met uh, so many uh, uh different wine lovers uh, till now but i i i can tell you that uh, uh, they always uh, have curiosity about the wine so uh i have the proof that uh, um When you are able to communicate a new style, new wines, or wines coming from different territories, they are always uh, curious. Um, In my opinion, it is important to take both tradition and innovation together. I uh, try to do this uh, um, with... with, um, uh, with uh, my particular job uh, about uh, yellow muscat, uh, in particular, the Fjord d'arancio, which is the sparkling sweet. Uh, I mean, uh, you know that uh, uh, even uh, as it is a sparkling sweet wine, it is supposed to be matched to uh, dessert in general, cakes uh, uh, or biscuits. Uh, Me, uh, I've always, I'm always pushing different uh, uh, pairing uh, with uh, this kind of sparkling sweet wine. For example, if you come uh, to visit, uh, to, if you come to Maeli and you want to uh, have a glass of uh, sparkling wine, the sweet one, I mean, uh, I used to match uh, two kind of a soft cheese or mortadella or a creamy stock of fish. So the, um, this is... a. Uh, something that people really like because uh, uh, it's unusual pairing. is not just sweet with sweet, but uh, there is a kind of a combination between uh, the sweetness of the wine and the salty and the salinity of uh, the appetizer, for example. This is uh, uh, possible with uh, the sparkling sweet, uh, the Fiordarancio, because uh, thanks to the volcanic soil, we have, uh, on one hand, the sweetness. On the other hand, uh, the salinity coming from the soil. So at the beginning is sweet. In the end, is salty. As a consequence, uh, this is not just a dessert wine, but it's more like an aperitif wine. So this is a, uh, innovation. But at the same time, when I make a kind of a pet nut, uh, I'm supposed to make a kind of natural wine. Uh, I uh, turn back to the past because, uh, you know, that uh, ancestral method is, um, um, is a kind of a which which was used in the past. So you have to bottle the wines with the yeast inside, and then secondary fermentation takes place inside the bottle. You have to bottle that wine when the moon goes down. So there is a kind of uh, mm, returning to nature, which comes from the past.
1: Okay, that's grand. Thank you so much, Elisa. I just want to, uh, before I close, thank I want you. to thank Elisa. And Laura, would you like to conclude? Any last uh, words?
0: Uh, yeah, I think that we had so much on the table tonight from, you know, uh, women, um, you know, gender parity to, uh, you know, the determination of Elisa to Moscato Giallo. So um, I think, it, yeah, it's uh, it's really. Uh, it has been a really uh, delightful uh, chat with Elisa and also inspiring. So thank you, Stevie and Lika, also for the last question that were really, you know, enlightening for for very many reasons. So uh, yeah, I don't have anything to add unless there is some question from the from the audience.
1: I think we're going to close because we're at the end of the hour oh, okay. and and everyone's okay. going home here right now or, uh, surrounding me. So thank you so okay. much. And I thank see Margarita you. in the audience. We are going to close, as usual, with her sigla. It's her. She made this up. I'm not kidding. And don't forget to join us tomorrow with your friend and colleague, Catherine Stratton and Julia Montelone. Grazie mille, arrivederci, ciao ragazze!
2: Thank you, Stevie. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, ciao. Thank you. Ciao, Magherita.
1: Bye bye. Swirl, sip.